0: the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. We're right. oh, good, I'm done. <laughs> Hi. Hi! Hi! Good morning! Good morning! Hey, one quick... So if you're happy, if you have that in you, if it's, if it's in you, it's going to show, right? Right? It's going to show. There's going to be something that shows. and People are going to go, oh, I, I see it. It's there, right? You're, you're full of joy and happiness because you're stomping your feet and praying. And there aren't tears, right? There's a smile, so it's not different, <laughs> But it shows. It shows, right? Well, you know, the fact that we're Christians should show get quiet. We know this, right? It should show in our lives. The fact that we've received the Holy Spirit should make us different. The fact that we've received the grace of God and the giving of the Holy Spirit should make us different. It should mark us out in not just what we say, But how we live, how we live and how we love, how we live and how we love. If we have received the grace of God and have not received it in vain, the way we live should be the way that Jesus lived. And there is no other way. There is no other way. You either have received the grace of God and you live that and you call yourself Christian or do not use that name. There is no other way. Paul, Paul with this community, this is the church at Corinth. And you go, maybe you should have had better sense than to go to a place like Corinth to try his first hand at establishing a faith community. It's a very cosmopolitan, very learned, wisdom, paganism, wealth, sin, gambling, fun. (laughs) It's like saying my first church plan, let me go to Las Vegas and try there. But that's what he did. And in the letters that that, that we have, First and Second Corinthians, and there's there's one that he makes glancing reference to. There's actually a second letter that we've lost, and he and he talks in his letters about this sorrowful letter, this letter that I had to send you, where I really blasted you because I love you. He's had a very trying relationship with his faith community because it's a constant challenge for those who've been graced with the love of God, to remember that and to live the way we're called to live as people who say they're Christians. It's an ongoing challenge. And so in this, in this passage, we, we hear from Paul today reminding them, as fellow workers, all of us, as fellow workers with God, do not receive the grace of God in vain. Don't just take it and put it on a shelf. Don't act as if it doesn't matter what God has done for you. Because the grace of God is an active grace. It brings out in us the life of Christ. And it's through that grace of God given to us that we're able to do what Jesus calls us to do. And without that grace, you will not do it. He made it real simple for us. He said, love God with all that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. When Paul talks about all the hardship he's been through, he's not like us, you know, kind of comparing scars, like here's where I was shot, so he says, here's where a shark bit me and here's where a naughty kitty got me. He's talking about all these things that he suffered, the beatings and the riots and the calamities and the shipwrecks and, and the hardship and the imprisonments and all this, because he's telling us that the way we make it through being the people of God and the way we make it through loving our neighbor no matter what that neighbor says or does is because we have the grace of God. He's making it through all of this And he says that is the power of God's grace. If you take God's grace and set it on a shelf, do not call yourself a Christian. You must love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) You must. In the end of that reading today, he says, My heart is open wide to you in spite of the fact that you people are trouble for me. (laughs) I love you. And my heart is open to you. Open your heart in return, because your hearts are closed. Open your hearts to the suffering of the world. Open your hearts to those who are perishing. Show the love of God, even to those people you think are not your neighbors. Because they are. Because they are. Love your neighbor as yourself. How easy is that? It's like like this. There was a a king who had this really important ring. It was a a beautiful opal ring. And whoever, whoever had that ring was beloved by God and all people. And as the beloved of God and all people, loved all people. And in that love for all people, in fact, acted out what it meant to be the beloved of God. And it it turned out there was a tradition that developed that over the generations, whoever had that ring would would pass that ring on to their favored child. And receiving that ring, that person would become known by all the people as the beloved of God and the beloved of all people and would live out that life of being the beloved. Until it finally came down to one king who had three children. And all three were favored. And faced this, this dilemma of, you know, what, what, what do I do? Which child do I, do, I give, do I give that ring to? Who's going to be the beloved of God and of all people? And so the king decided to make two more rings. Identical. And came to his children and said, here's the ring to pass on to you now, and, and I give the ring of the Beloved to each of you. That caused all kinds of trouble. Because each of them thought they had the original. The other two must be fakes. And whoever had the original ring was to be on the throne. And rather than being a blessing that's passed on to his children, this became a terrible thing that they fought with each other. And the community is divided about who has the true ring. So finally they decided, we need some adjudication on this. And they took their case, the three children and their rings. They they appear before a wise man and they, they ask the wise man, tell us. Eliminate this strife we have. Tell us, who has the true ring? Who is the true beloved of God in all people? And the judge, the, the wise man, looking at the rings, and they were so identical, the judge said, you know, I, I, I can't tell. I can't tell by looking at the rings who, who has the, the original. But what I can tell you is that by looking at how you're behaving, None of you has the true ring. <laughs> Perhaps your father buried it. Perhaps your father buried it. Perhaps you need to go searching for it because the way you're acting is making the ring a lie. Just like Christians, when they fail to love others, they make God a liar. Don't call yourself a Christian if you do not love your neighbor as yourself. You can't be like Paul and put up with the abuse and the beatings and still say, My heart is open to you. Then don't call yourself a Christian. It's hard stuff. Here's what the the wise the wise man told him. Well, maybe your father was smart. Maybe he didn't hide the rank. Maybe, maybe he knew that being the beloved can extend beyond one person holding one rank. <laughs> maybe what you can do, each of you three, maybe you can prove that your rank is the true ring by acting like someone befitting of being the beloved of God and of all people. Make it true by the way you behave. For us, at our baptism, and this is in our prayer book, this is good Episcopal theology. In our own prayer book, we are told that at baptism, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we are reborn. Spiritual regeneration made new. This fall, when the bishop comes, we're gonna have some people who are gonna come forward to be confirmed and, and reaffirmed, renewing their, their, their confirmation. And the bishop will lay hands upon them, and again they will receive the Holy Spirit being made new again. New again. Do not receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and baptism in vain. Live the life of Christ that you're called to live. We say today, as we renew our covenant, we say that we reject evil in all of its forms. We reject all the darkness, all the hatred that we show to neighbor, all the hatred we show to strangers coming among us, all the fear that causes hatred. We reject all of that. This is the Holy Spirit helping us to reject the darkness. And to claim after we've done that, that we accept the way of life, that we accept the leadership of the Lord, we accept the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I remember um, remember when Michael Curry did his his, his, his homily for, for the Royal Wedding. Did you watch that? Have you seen him elsewhere? Was yeah. Or is that your first? You've seen him elsewhere? If, if you've seen him before and you and you watched him do this this wedding homily, he looked like he was trapped. <laughs> <laughs> right? Behind the little thing, like they told him you can't go outside this chalk line or we'll tase you or something. And he's kinda like stuck in there and if you've seen him before he's really animated. And so you know, I, I was watching the I was watching the clip of that again, and, and watching how constrained he was. And there was another video you know, here on YouTube. You can see all these other videos, and, and there he is. And, oh, he's gonna be he's gonna be preaching at this this cathedral church in, in another diocese. So I wanted to see the real life of Curry because I know when he when he preaches that you know the stole goes flying everywhere, and and, and he's really animated like some other people I know. <laughs> And I remember what he said. He has a constant message about if it is not of love, it's not of God. If it's not of love, it's not of God. When you're dealing with people who are hard to deal with, love them. If you give them anything else, it's not of God. If they are showing you something other than love back, that's not of God either. If it's not of love, it's not of God. So he's preaching this, this sermon. He's going up and down the aisle. And then he says this thing. This is back during the time of our recent unpleasantness. Summer of 2016. We have not gotten over that, have we? Presidential election. Boy, the hatred. It's a good thing we're done with that. <laughs> of course we're not, right? This, this is important, this matters. Because we're still fighting with each other. Paul's looking at us, goes, didn't you read what I wrote? Don't accept the grace of God in vain. Love your neighbor as yourself. Open your hearts said. I wonder what people thought when he said this. He says, you know Hillary? You must know her on a first name basis. <laughs> <laughs> you know Hillary? She must love Donald. Donald? He must love Hillary. <laughs> there is no other way. There is no other way that you can call Christian. These two who went at each other and still are at each other. They want to call themselves Christians. They must love each other. There is no other way. In our baptismal vows, we say, with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the gift of grace that we're going to renew today, we will seek and serve Christ in all persons. Those who live among us and those who are fleeing terror in their own countries, we will seek and serve Christ in them as well. Anything else is not a okay. There is no other way. We will strive for justice and peace among all people, respecting the dignity of every human being, including those who disagree with us on important political issues. You will respect their opinion, And you'll love them as Christ loves them. And there is no other way. Paul reminds us again this very important thing that we will do today in just a moment. Do not take the grace of God in vain.